Welcome to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast with New York Times bestselling author, Christine Carlson. Chris shares don't sweat wisdom to help you achieve greater mental health, self-compassion, and better communication with family, friends, and coworkers. Listen in and learn simple ways to live your most vibrant life of joy. Welcome back to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast. This is Christine Carlson. Hey, before we begin with our wonderful episode today and our interview, let's go ahead and take a golden pause. So wherever you are, if you can, sit comfortably. If you're doing something, just use this as a deep breathing exercise to get really present and super engaged in whatever you're doing. But if you can, sit in a chair with your legs uncrossed. Or sit Indian style on the floor with your shoulders back and your heart open and place your palms open on your lap. Close your eyes and just begin to breathe with me, taking in that wonderful pause. So breathing in through your nose, allowing your chest and your belly to fully expand, taking in the fullness of your breath. Exhale, release and relax. And breathing in pure golden sunlight to every cell of your being on the exhale, just let go of what doesn't serve you well. And breathing in pure golden sunlight to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and your toes. Just exhale and deeply relax into your breath, into your body. And breathing in pure golden sunlight to every cell of your being, place your hand on your heart, activating your heart, opening your heart, and spend a moment thinking of one thing you feel grateful for. And as you breathe in that golden gratitude to every cell of your being, exhale and let go of anything that doesn't serve you well. Breathing in pure golden gratitude through your core, through your heart, through your mind. Just allow yourself to ease into this whole moment, this pure moment of joy. Breathing in pure golden gratitude to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and your toes. Just let go, relax, and sink inward. This time, as you breathe in that golden gratitude to every cell of your being, on the exhale, allow that gratitude to wash over you like a cascading waterfall of pure joy. Breathing in pure golden gratitude to every cell of your being again, on the exhale, allow it to wash over you again like a cascading waterfall of pure joy. And taking one last deep breath in of pure golden gratitude, filling your heart and your entire being with nothing but golden gratitude and joy, go ahead and open your eyes. Well, here we are. Yay. We have this amazing lady that you're going to meet today, if you haven't already heard her, on her own podcast, Deborah Kagan. She helps women conquer self-doubt and indecision to step into their full power, love who they are, 
and live a turned on life. A juicy one. That's why she's on our Juicy As You Are series. She's the creator of the Rock Your Mojo programs, the author of Find Your Me Spot, 52 Ways to Reclaim Your Confidence, Feel Good in Your Own Skin, and Live a Turned On Life, and the host of the Real Undressed podcast. Her latest book, Undressed, will be released in 2023 by Urano Publishing. She's super social and wants to connect with you, so you can find her on Instagram at Deborah, that's Deborah, D E B O R A H Kagan, K A G A N. Thanks, Deborah, for coming on. We're so excited to chat with you today. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad to be here. And I loved the beginning of that. I feel very in that golden glow. Oh, yay. <laughs> well, you sure look like it. You're sparkly mm. all over. Yeah. I just, I love your whole background and mm. just your sparkles and yeah, so this whole journey about really gaining your mojo, I mean, you really definitely have it. I've looked through all of your stuff, your Instagram, your everything, and I've actually met you too, which is wonderful, at First Tuesdays with Marcy yes. Cole. Yeah, yes. but tell me about your journey. Like, how did, you, how did you start to, and when did you really start to claim your own mojo, like the way you have, because you are the embodiment of it. Thank you. I really appreciate that, because one of the highest compliment anyone can pay me is that I walk my talk, right? Because that is super important um, for me and uh, to be able to do what I get to do, which I love. But like I was a little girl and I didn't think, oh, gee, I want to be a mojo recovery specialist when I grow up, <laughs> right? Like that wasn't on the list of, of career choices. No. Um, but, you know, is it okay if we just get raw and real real quick? Absolutely. That's yeah. What you know, it's uh, honestly, I grew up in a very functionally dysfunctional household. My mom's second husband, it was a home of domestic violence and abuse. And um, that I learned in that space that like, it wasn't okay. It's, it's a belief that I picked up, that it wasn't okay to be a woman, that it wasn't okay, or you weren't safe in your own home. And, you know, that was that was that moment. I was resourceful enough, even as a child, to know, okay, I, I got to find my way out of this because my mother wasn't leaving. And I went to boarding school. And that was fantastic. More freedom. At that point, I was self-soothing, meaning drugs, alcohol, just to soothe myself. And I didn't know any other way to do that at that time. And, you know, it was, it wasn't completely out of control, but it was numbing. Right? I was just really trying to numb because all the feelings I had, I didn't understand really how to deal with. And at the end of my freshman year, um, I the, the person I bought drugs from in town thought it would be a really great idea to break into my dorm and rape me. Oh. And so this was the first um, sexual experience that I had in terms of intercourse. I had had, you know, sort of boys and fooling around and things like that and was interested, but I certainly was not interested in giving myself in that way to this person. And in that, you know, that moment, it, it just solidified this belief I picked up as a younger child, you know, that you're not safe in your own body. And so it took, you know, I went through high school, I didn't tell anybody. Um, I was very afraid of getting kicked out because if I got kicked out, where was I going? Back to the dysfunctional household. Right. My yeah. mom did end up leaving um, while I was in high school, uh, but but still, you know, boarding school became my safe space. 
But when I got to college and I started to realize I have this creative side, I have this life force, I, I am this, you know, I knew I was this sassy kind of very vibrant being, but I felt so held back. And once I realized that I could, A, talk about what happened to me and break that silence, that was the beginning of, the, of healing and being able to start to own who I was and who I am authentically. So it was really about being able to speak my truth and being able to break through my own fears that I would be um, in pain or ostracized or uh, thought ill of or whatever it might have been. So once that road started, I got introduced to spirituality in a way that felt very um, aligned with what I was feeling. Really that that this energy thing, I was like, what is this? I feel things, I sense things, I'm in touch with stuff that it, that I can't really grasp. And so I started to understand that everything is energy. We are this computer is, you know, whatever device you're listening to this on, right? I mean, everything is energy. And so I started to do a real deep dive into that. Um, and I'm going to cut forward because I, I, I got very into my own uh, metaphysical studies. I worked with incredible uh, teachers and mentors. And How old were you at that time? Now I'm in my 20s. Okay. Wow. But, yeah. That's about what we did too. That's amazing. Cause well, don't you feel so blessed that you went on that uh, journey at that time in your life? Yes. And it was, you know, it was in my late teens when I started to take, like, I wanted, I liked sex. Uh, you know, I had this very traumatic first experience, but once I started to, you know, be with partners or boyfriends that I wanted to be with, I was like, I like this, you know, this is fun this feels was good. that and that was before the rape no no this was after after after, after. Yeah, no the rape you was started the first to heal yeah the first the rape was the first time i had intercourse that's terrible that's horrible yes i mean i don't wish that experience <laughs> on anyone and if that hadn't happened i wouldn't be who i am today and i wouldn't do what i do and i wouldn't have had the impact that i've had on thousands and thousands of women at this point well, and there you go, that sometimes the worst things that happen to us are actually the catalysts for yes. our tremendous growth and send us on that hero's journey and yes. that trajectory of changing our lives for the better and then wanting to impact other people because we went through such a horrible thing. So exactly. Beautiful. Exactly. But I, so yeah, I, I realized that I, I was enjoying sex and I also knew that there was there was like an energetic connection. I had some kind of far out, you know, metaphysical experiences in my late teens, still at boarding school while I was having sex. And I thought, okay, hang on a second. There is this connection that I, I, I mean, I didn't know that there was a connection, but I just knew something was happening that seemed fascinating and that I wanted to know more and I didn't know where to look. But so now in my twenties, I start to find teachers and mentors and um, communities that are, are, are really studying these things and, um, you know, living and, and, and experiencing these things on a regular basis. So I could get to, you know, a deeper layer of all of it. So, um, what happened was I got married in my late twenties, wonderful man, terrific guy. We were great friends for about two and a half years before we ever got romantically involved. 
but it was through that marriage that a lot of my old trauma surfaced. And, you know, I wasn't sure how to deal with that within the relationship and he did the best that he could. But basically by the end of that time, which was six years, I felt that I had lost quote unquote, my mojo. I was like, can, can I ask you a question about that? Of course. Like what, what was it about the relationship and the marriage that triggered that old wound? I honestly don't have a specific answer. What I believe is that our spirits, you know, our our personal energies and our our psyche, our sort of our psyche and our yeah. our karmic path, you know, or fate, if you'd like to call it that, you know, came together in a way that o o awakened those traumas within. You know, I. I, I guess his trauma was triggered in terms of not feeling like he was good enough. Um, my traumas got triggered where I felt like I was reliving um, some childhood wounding. So it, it wasn't like a specific thing that either one of us did. I think it was, you know, a lot of times, um, and psychologists talk about this, when you have not worked through yeah. your stuff to a certain layer, because our stuff is going to be there and we're going to, I believe it's a spiral and we'll, as we heal through it, we'll get to a higher rung on the spiral. So, so we have a bigger bird's eye perspective, That's right? So, true. so back then I didn't have as much of a wide perspective. And so what I was, uh, so psychologists, you know, also talk about how we will pick partners that will activate those triggers so, so that, you know, hey, we can hopefully heal them. But otherwise, if you're not aware and conscious of it, now you're just in a Triggered. relationship of trauma triggering. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, and even just the whole, I mean, the thing about the when you got raped your brain wasn't even fully developed yet so by the time you got married your brain is far enough along to start to really process what that might mean and i'm sure it meant so many things and and uh yeah and also our deep belief about what is marriage you know like mm -hmm. <laughs> and what are the role models that we had for marriage too yes really but going to the part where you felt like you lost your mojo mm -hmm. So I, what I realized was, and I'm going to go back to the everything being energy and there are two qualities of energy, which we call masculine, not gender, just a quality and feminine, right? Yin and yang. And what I realized was I had been running masculine energy the majority of the time. Oh. And that ha has been happening for decades for women. I call it the masculinization of women. And I needed to find for myself, what I realized was I need to find that juicy, feminine, alive, powerful, conscious, you know, gorgeous force in the world woman that I know is in there somewhere, but I just didn't know how to get there at that time. Right. So when I left uh, the marriage, I committed myself to that path. And, you know, it was, 
about five years into it that I was at an event. Um, I don't know if you've heard of the play, The Vagina Monologues. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Eve Ensler. So she has a global campaign called V-Day to end violence against women and girls, which is, of course, very near and dear to my heart. And there was the 10th anniversary experience um, in New Orleans at the Superdome. This was post-Katrina. And that was my, what I call, shove from above. I walked into the Superdome, which was decorated like a big vulva. And I felt like I was like, okay, I'm walking into the mother dome. And, um, and I just bong, you know, like I felt this, <laughs> like, I really, it was like, beam me up, Scotty. And I heard this message, which, you know, I, I, feel, I get messages and it said, hey, it's time to get up off your ass and do the work with women. And that's when I realized it was it was time. And I went back from that trip and sat with a girlfriend at a cafe and said, okay, I am going to start a women's group out of my living room. And at that time, I affectionately called it the Pussy Power Posse. Oh, cute. Oh, fun. <laughs> which, which was in 2008. So it was a little, you know, much for people at the time. But basically, that's what uh, the next year rolled into the Rock Your Mojo uh, brand and the courses and programs were built from there. Oh my um, gosh, that's great. Yeah. So that's how, you know, that's really kind of the trajectory. But um, I, I just knew and I kept hearing from other women that they were having difficulty finding this very juicy, alive, what I call that turned on space and owning that and feeling good within that. And, and particularly how to drop the uh, very masculine way of being, not, not to drop it completely because we need it. We need both masculine and feminine energy to, to survive. So it's you feel like that, that's what it was, was it was that women were choosing the more masculine energy or, or in a way because of our careers and yes. um, being, I don't, forced isn't the right word, but sort of just trying to fit into that world. I think women adopted this more masculine approach. Yes. And it's, it's been the cultural training. And, it's and so been that, the and then, so that, so the ignition of her femininity is what really is what you're looking for is to ignite that deeply feminine energy that's with, that's been a little bit dormant. Yes. Okay. So how do we, how do we do that? I know everyone's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Let's get it on. Let's go. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, look, you know, this is, so what I realized is there truly, there are four pillars, you know, like any sort of ancient temple, you're going to see these, these columns, right? If you look at Greek or Roman temples and the, the ruins, you'll see that there are these, you know, four columns, sometimes more, but certainly four columns that help hold up a structure. And it's been there for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. So there are these four pillars to mojo. It's a good four letter word. Okay. <laughs> and, um, and how you activate and can cultivate your mojo is through these four pillars at any time. And the thing that I really love and learned and all the women that have worked with me are like, this is really probably the coolest part. All you need is you. And it never goes out of style these things, because it's literally always within you and wherever you are, there you are. Right. So you don't, and it's very, so it's very powerful to realize that like you are the answer. You are the key to unlocking your own mojo. So let's talk about those four pillars. The first thing is the M that's mindset. So it's literally about getting our head screwed on straight 
to what does it mean to be a juicy, alive woman? Like that has been dicey and not acceptable in a lot of many places <laughs> for thousands of years. And so it's about owning and recognizing that in your own thoughts and to adopt and very much take on the belief that not only is it okay to be a juicy, alive woman, it is mandatory in order to truly live a life of abundance and greatness and joy and pleasure and grace and ease, right? So that's that so a true. mindset piece. And it's giving yourself permission. So for those of you listening to this right now, please, if you're like, I don't think I can do that, just take my permission, right? I am giving you the permission to have for yourself, just adopt that and start there, right? It will lead to something. And of course, you know this, but with our minds, right, our thoughts are things. And we have to remember everything is energy. Mojo is just another, it's a fun word for energy and life force. Call it chi, ki, prana, right? It, it, it is what it is. It's life force. And your thoughts are energy. And so whatever is going on within our mindset of what you're thinking day in and day out, that affects how much mojo you have or not, right? So the mindset is number one. Number two is the O of mojo, that first O. And that's what I call the oracle, all right? Oh, so I, was gonna, I was gonna say, I thought it was gonna be orgasm. Well, <laughs> Maybe orgasm comes from <laughs> your oracle because your oracle is your life below the neck, it's your body. Yeah, yeah. So it's true. Actually, your orgasm is within your oracle and your oracle knows that orgasm is a fabulous, fabulous thing. Okay. And that, um, so our, our bodies are key to experiencing mojo for many reasons, but the most important is the home, the actual home of your mojo is in your body. So if you take your thumb right now and put it right below in the low part of your belly button and put your middle finger on the top of your pubic bone and then lay your palm flat. I like to call this area the goddess pooch. You know, I'm, I'm in my 50s. I'm in my 50s. I got, I got some goddess pooch. I've always Defin had a goddess pooch. Definitely a little softer than it was in our uh, 30s and 40s for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, this area from the front of the body to the back of the body and then in between those beautiful curved hips, which I like to think of as parentheses that hold your power center in place. Okay. Love that. This is your power center. This literally is where your life force lives. It's that storage place. And for us ladies, and if you have chosen to have children, you can create and, and grow a human in this part of your body. Like every time I say that I need to pause because think about the amount of life force and creative energy that occurs when you create a human and just by the mere fact that we were built to be able to do that. It's pretty mind-blowing. It's every, mind -blowing. every human being is a complete miracle, like a complete miracle. Complete. And, and that's resting within you all the time. I think it's one of the most, I mean, even if you have never had children as a woman, it's one of the most amazing things that your body can absolutely do. And that 
if you've never had a child, it doesn't matter because you're mm -hmm. still a woman. And it's just incredible that yes. your body would kick into that kind of gear and, and, yes. and create that within you. Yes, exactly. And the sad thing that happens is we divorce ourselves from our body. And so we remain only in our heads, which is this masculinization of women. Ah. So truly, if you take one thing away from this Is that why we like penetration so much, do you think? Well, because A, it wakes you up, but yeah. it's low in our bodies. That's what I and, think. And also, but not all women love penetration, especially when you have divorced yourself from your, from mojo, your body, yeah, right? That's true. Your body's like clamped down. And so it's like, oh, you know, so everything's tight and, and contracted. And so what I, I, I encourage women to do is to simply, very simply say hello to your power center, which can be place your palm on that low belly, take a breath and literally say hello. Mm. That's, that can be incredibly transformative. Every mojo tool that I teach and that I use and that I preach are incredibly easy, incredibly easy. And it almost seems like it's too easy. But when you repeatedly connect to your power center, what's going to happen is all of a sudden it's going to go, oh, she's actually here with us cool maybe now <laughs> we can like turn up the dial right we can like let more of that mojo flow happen through your body and when you haven't had that on a regular basis or if it's been five years 10 years 20 years however long it's been that you've really been connected to that mojo-licious place within you it's gonna take it's just like any training a little bit of time you know we don't get awesome biceps from going to the gym once right? <laughs> or, or doing a couple of vinyasas at yoga. Like it's going to take some repetition. So the same thing here, but it's really about connecting right with your power center because it gets you comfortable with being in your body. Mm. And so many women have very valid reasons for not being comfortable in their bodies. Many women who have gone through stuff like I've gone through, right. And others it's, you know, the thing they don't talk about in terms of rape or sexual assault or domestic violence and abuse, it's very little talked about, is that one of the ways that you survive that is you leave your body because your body has yeah. become, you know, at that moment is not a safe place to be. And it's about you safely, lovingly, in whatever pace is good for you to reclaim your embodiment. It's a rental vehicle, this, you know, it's, I mean, it's just a rental vehicle, this body. And so it's about letting your life force, your mojo know, hey, it's okay and it's cool to drive around in this thing, you know? I love that. I love that. And, and I, I feel that's so much um, the journey of a woman too. And I'm sure you're going to get into this, but the, the self-judgment that we have about our bodies Oof. too, and just the really negative self-talk. I mean, I have that about my body now, you know, I'm aging and I have to remind myself to look in the mirror and say, it's okay, girl, you know, you look good for your age. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm always comparing myself to what did I look like you know, 10 yeah. years ago. And, 
you know, and that's the self-acceptance piece of really claiming your mojo is huge. Yes. You know, I, I mean, and, and the thing is for, if you are partnered with women or men, the thing is nobody really cares about your body in that way. Like they don't, they're not looking at your body the way you're looking at it. You know, they just don't. And if they do, they're probably not the right partner. Yeah. And if you're partnered with men, let's just say, look, I mean, they're just happy to have you naked. They really. are. They just like to I mean, touch you and feel you and look yes. at you all over and just in very specific places. So yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, like I said, I'm in my fifties now, uh, early fifties, and still it's like the body's changing. And there is this, there is this way of being with yourself and looking at yourself and loving yourself that becomes more fun. Like I have learned to have fun with the cellulite. Okay. You know? I love that. I, I wish I could say that I'm not there yet, but I'm always working on it. It's a, it look, it, it is, it is a living practice. I'm not saying that I'm like it 24 seven, right. But definitely having more fun with it. Um, so, which is kind of perfect because it, the segues into the third pillar of Mojo and that's the J and this is joining with the different roles that you play in life. Oh. And most of us get pigeonholed into pretty much two roles, a professional role and a personal role, right? And what do you think like takes up most of the stage of your life? Your professional role, right? I mean, that's really just what happens. But what happened to your writer or your adventurer or your knitter or your chef role or Me your my artist yes your artist <laughs> or your dancer role or your you know traveler dancer. your gypsy role right yeah your mojalicious femme role right um your spiritual role whatever there are so we are 31 flavors and then some okay and wow. at some point my dog wow. agrees <laughs> <laughs> at some point we were told, you know, oh, don't let that part of yourself out or don't let, you know, people know about this part or, oh, you'll never make money if you do X, Y, or Z, right? And so that role, that part of you just got shoved under a rug or, or in a closet. But what happens is usually in our late 30s, sometimes certainly by our 40s, right? It's like, oh my gosh, where have I gone? What happened to me? And when you learn to connect and to join and embrace all of your roles and really discover them anew, you become fully self-expressed, okay? Mm. And that self-expression, there's a part of you, like that wild woman part of you that's like, bring on the cellulite, baby. I love it. <laughs> you know, there's that part of you that's like, you know, can just shake your booty in the mirror and be like, look at that booty. Look at that, you know, loose skin. Look at that, you know, right? Like there's that part of you that will relish in that, okay? And it's, again, it, it becomes much more fun and you have access to so much more of your mojo. And that's a juicy life, right? That's really a juicy life. 
That is, that yeah. is being juicy as you are. <laughs> yes, exactly. Truly. And look, you know, it's, we, none of us are getting out of this thing alive. Okay. Nope. And none of us are going to get out of this without some things loosening, sagging, dropping and transforming. That is <laughs> like, so true. Okay. So true. <laughs> this happens to all of us. And honestly, we're here for such a short amount of time in the big scheme of things. And I remind myself of this all the time because I get caught up in it for sure. Um, I, I'm plenty, you know, I've got enough vanity to get caught up in it. <laughs> um, but th then I remind myself, like Deborah, like this is not the thing that you need to be worrying about. You got bigger stuff that is, you know, to put your energy towards than worrying about the newest dimple on your ass or, you know, your upper side thigh. Like That's that is true. what it is let's just get to enjoying life again. You know, I love that. So, yeah. Um, and that's, uh, you know, that's also, I think my wise woman role who steps in and is like, bitch, <laughs> get it together. <laughs> like, don't, don't waste it on that. You got way too much good stuff. So like, let's keep going. Um, well, let's keep going. Let's speaking of keeping going. The fourth pillar and the last of the mojo pillars is your, what I call your oasis. It's that O mm. and it's about creating your home, your environments to be an oasis that fuels and fills you with mojo so that you don't have to work as hard. Right. Mm. That is so true. I, I find that, um, most of my, beautiful friends also love beauty, you know, mm -hmm. that they, they love. And, and of course, beauty is different for everyone. Sometimes beauty means just very little, very simple beauty, yes. you know, and other times beauty is, is collections and it's, you know, it's meaningful things around or whatever. But I, I find that that's very true that um, beauty is an essence and yes. also creating an oasis is really just an expression of what's your inner soul saying yes. in the outer world like what is yes. your inner soul craving and i like to think that heaven is going to be the combination of my inner world and my outer world you mm -hmm. know and that there'll be plenty of you know great stores to look at in heaven too. yes yes exactly there'll be lots of eye candy yeah yeah and it just you know but i love that that's that's wonderful because our environment does feed and nourish our souls so much yes and you know the, and and women really do get overwhelmed when sometimes when we talk about the environment piece and when you know i teach on this in the mentorship program that i have there's a ton of modules that you know we go over and sometimes women get a little stressed out because we can start to see like the giant picture and then it's like oh gosh in my living room am i this am i that right it becomes too much and so what i want to encourage all the listeners is to consider think about your bedroom all right it's the closest thing to you really and there's uh one of my my teachers i i I'm, i've been a feng shui consultant for 25 over 25 years at this point that's oh, was my, my first big career oh, wonderful. and you know my master that i studied under at that time would always say and taught us the theory of relative positioning so what's closest to you has the greatest effect on your life okay mm. and so that's like the people that are closest to you but certainly in your environment it's the room that's closest to you. And regardless of how much of a workaholic you are, right? We do spend a third of our lives in bed, okay? So that's a lot of time. Start with your bedroom in terms of your oasis. Does it bring you joy? 
you know, are there piles of crap that you're like, why is there a pile of crap in my bedroom? Okay. And so just start there and create your bedroom to be a place that has the three R principle, rest, romance, rejuvenation, rest, love that. romance, rejuvenation, whatever does not belong and connect with those three R's, it goes. That's how you can begin to start creating your home as an oasis. And when you start with your bedroom, oh my goodness, the quality of sleep changes, the quality of lovemaking and sex changes, the quality of how you feel in your body, in your skin, you know, getting in and out of bed every day changes. That's a really great hot mojo tip. And again, so easy. Yeah. She is so easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, wow, that was so amazing. And you've just given us so much today, Deborah. Thank you. And I want to just, before we close um, our podcast interview today, I want to talk about Emma Thompson and how wonderful she was yes. in the movie Good Luck to You, Leo Grande. I mean, mm -hmm. I just, I was just blown away by that movie and, and how, you know, this middle-aged woman, probably was she in her mid fifties in that movie? No, I think actually she was late fifties, early sixties. Late, late fifties, early sixties. Yeah. yeah. How she goes on this, um, this track. I don't want to spoil like yeah. the movie for you if you haven't seen it, but she basically loses her husband and she realizes that she's never had an orgasm. And so mm -hmm. she goes on this um, track with this Leo Grande person to find her pleasure and you know and i think it's good luck leo grande for a lot of reasons mm -hmm. <laughs> but boy does she bear it all in that one scene where she looks at herself yeah. in the mirror and really yes. re reclaiming her body like you talk about and mm -hmm. what a beautiful thing to you know to see her and what a huge leap for her career to do something like that at this stage of her life and how brave and courageous. And then I look on your Instagram and there you are. <laughs> I'm like, well, she's very courageous too. <laughs> so courageous. And of course you look beautiful. Oh, well, that's very kind. But you know, here, you know, again, it's walk the talk and here's the thing. So uh, first of all, that movie is spectacular. If you have not seen it, please do watch it. Um, it, it really moved me to the point that I actually did, you know, an episode on my podcast about it. And we watched it for, uh, we have a movie club in my mentorship. So we watched it to talk about there. It, 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 it talks about so many important things that women go through and particularly how we, again, divorce ourselves from our body, right? We're not connected to the Oracle and your body knows everything. Everything you've ever been through is layered in your body the good, the bad in between, it's all layered in there. This is, you know, why there's muscle memory, right? And athletes can not work and train for, I don't know, four, five, six, seven weeks. And then they go back to it and their body's like, woo, okay, we got this. But anyway, it's, you know, it's not, it's not like get comfortable in your skin. So you can like take photographs of yourself in your underwear no. and put it on Instagram. Right. But the point is it's like, get comfortable so that you can look at your gorgeousness because you are gorgeous that so that you can do you know what's called mirror work it's become very popular over the last few years i've been doing this talking about it for you know decade plus so that you know when you stand and you come face to face with yourself in your birthday suit right in your in the skin that you are in and just admire this work of art that you are. 
your curves, you know, your sags, your just all of it, right? There's a level of ownership that happens. And in order to have pleasure and in order to feel juicy, it's always about you having it with yourself first. Mm, I love that. There is nobody outside of you that is going to, quote, give it to you. You can experience great pleasure with partners. You can experience, someone could help you get there, stimulate that, all the rest of it. it. The more that you have it on your own, with you, by you, for you, the more you will experience it with others. That's and so, so true. you know, I'm a huge proponent of, of, yes, standing in front of the mirror naked. If you've never looked at your vulva, you know, crack out a mirror, whether it's full length or a hand, you know, held one and look at your vulva. Oh my gosh, she's amazing. And she doesn't look like anybody else's. Like, you know, we're all, we're all a snowflake. So that's a way that you can begin to understand your own pleasure. Self-pleasure in front of a mirror. That's, that can be very edgy for many women. And when you do do it, and the women that I have talked to and, you know, and mentored in this way, they're like, Oh my God, just to watch the, the, the color change that occurs, right? In the tissues of your vulva, in the, in the color of, you know, your own nipples. Like these are, are, are ways that awaken you to the stunningness of this body and this just one, this one incredible rental vehicle, right? So I could go on and on. I get very excited clearly about these topics. <laughs> oh my God. Well, you're amazing. And Deborah Kagan, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I just want to go walk you through all the ways that you can find Deborah. She is at debra-kagan.com and that's D-E-B-O-R-A-H-K-A-G-A-N.com. You can listen to her on the Real Undressed podcast, therealundressed.com. And her Instagram is Deborah Kagan. Her Facebook is Mojo Recovery Specialist. And she's on LinkedIn, Deborah Kagan as well. So go visit Deborah, see her wonderful website, definitely join her Instagram. And listen to her amazing podcast, Deborah. It's been such a joy to speak with you today. And you are the epitome of the juicy woman. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Oh, well, thank you. It's been such a joy to be with you. I really appreciate the invitation. Uh, all right. So everyone, if you love this podcast, share it with all your ladies. They will love you for sharing it with them. And come back again. Don't sweat the small stuff. We are living the big stuff. This is Christine Crossan. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff podcast with New York Times bestselling author Christine Carlson. You're invited to join Christine at one of her upcoming retreats in California, including her popular What Now Women's Retreat at Sea Ranch and her new Revive and Thrive Mental Health and Wellness Retreat at Mount Shasta. Get all of the retreat details today at christinecarlson.com.